0: Learning how to monetize your domains. Zero dollars. Listening to affiliate marketing tips on your iPod. Zero dollars. Getting the latest search news on your cell phone. Zero dollars. Listening to Dave N. talk about garlic breath. Well, worthless. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.
1: Grab onto the wheel, fasten your seatbelts, and step on the gas. Webmasterradio.fm is going to take you on the ride of your life. You've just stepped off the curb into rush hour. Rush hour. Your rush hour hosts, Neil and Cameron, will take you on a fast-paced adventure to the high-tech metropolis known as social media. Blogs, social networks, bookmarking, and more. Around every corner are the tools you'll need for marketing through the social web. No, now, the light is green, but stay
2: right where you are because you're,
1: you're in
2: rush hour. Rush hour. Hey everybody, today is April 18th, and this is the 10th episode of Rush Hour, with your host, me, Neil Patel, and Cameron Altius. How are you, Cameron? Good.
3: We're already on episode number 10,
2: huh? Yeah, episode number 10. Can't believe time's been going this fast, so... I know, it's crazy. Didn't expect that. And uh, for all you Rush Hour uh, listeners, we're actually going to have a new hostess that's going to be part of the show. Her name is Seashell, and she's going to be on shortly, so...
3: Yeah, and if you were listening last week to the live show that we did from SES, she did a short little intro of herself, and we'll probably have her do that again this week for those of you that didn't hear. And she should be with us any minute. So uh, do you want to get started with a couple news items now? The uh, big one here is uh, within the last couple of hours, actually, TechCrunch just announced that eBay is acquiring StumbleUpon.
2: Yeah, and, and that's actually some crazy news. And StumbleUpon has a lot of traffic, and they actually can drive tons of traffic. The problem I've always had with StumbleUpon is they don't just drive links, which is all I'm okay. really looking for from social sites. But no, it's pretty amazing that they could potentially get acquired, and I'm not sure exactly why eBay would want to purchase
3: them out. But Yeah, eBay definitely doesn't seem like the, uh, the company that you would uh, pick as one that would acquire StumbleUpon. I mean, I kind of knew it was coming. I think we talked about this uh like a couple months ago or whatever when we kind of did the whole stumble-upon episode. We yep. I think we got on the subject of whether they are going to be acquired or not, and definitely eBay was never one that I would have ever imagined to, to be the ones to actually acquire them. But, you know, I guess in certain areas you can see it making sense maybe to help people stumble upon different items on eBay, the related items or whatever. I guess that's really the only thing where I can see it making sense. But even so, I you know, I still don't, you know, I still just can't imagine eBay, like the upon fitting in well with eBay. I guess it kind of goes along with the uh, whole Skype acquisition, too. I mean, what were they, you know, I mean, what role does Skype really play in eBay? Just, they haven't done uh, anything with Skype yet, have they? No, not, not really anything at all. I mean, not as far as, like, anything with eBay, you know? Yeah, and from my
2: understanding, I thought they were going to use Skype, like, so people can actually call in about the products and talk to the seller or something like that. I'm not too sure. But yeah, from what it seems, nothing's really happened with Skype and if they acquire Stumble Upon, who knows if anything's gonna even happen with that.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think they're getting a good deal though. I think uh TechCrunch, I think Mike has the rumored acquisition price between like forty to fifty million or something like that. Yeah, you, it's 40, like forty five uh, which is Yeah, I mean, which is like pretty bad. cheap. Yeah, definitely. So uh it looks like Seashell's Saying that she's here in the uh, chat room, so hey, Seashell.
4: Hey, I'm here.
3: <laughs> Better late than never, right?
4: Yeah, traffic was a little icky. I tried.
3: Uh that's Don't okay. I? We're not too worried about it, as you could tell from being on the show last week. We're pretty, uh, we're pretty casual.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm here now, so that's the important part. So, what yep. I missed?
3: Um, we were just actually just talking about, there was some news this morning that eBay is acquiring StumbleUpon. Oh,
4: wow. I hadn't heard that.
3: Yeah, it was just like, and I actually just heard it like an hour ago or something. TechCrunch just posted it, so it's kind of breaking news. Exciting stuff. Is it,
4: for, is it a rumor? Is it for sure, for sure?
3: Um, no, it's not for sure. It's, it's still a rumor at this point, but apparently there are some sources close to the deal, as always, that, you know saying that they're signing term sheets already and things like that
2: cool and the funny thing is when arrington usually talks about someone getting acquired he's pretty accurate so yeah, he
3: is.
4: well what do you think that's going to mean for stumble i mean is good bad
3: well um for stumble upon it's hard to say whether it's going to be good or bad i don't I, I can't. Like me and Neil were talking about, we can't really see how StumbleUpon fits in with the whole eBay model. But you know, I guess maybe if they want to help people discover new items on on eBay or whatever to buy, that's like the only thing where we can see it making sense. So I have no idea what's gonna what's gonna come of StumbleUpon. What do you think, Neil?
2: I actually see the great thing is if eBay acquires StumbleUpon and if they keep on going at this pace, the great thing about them is. StumbleUpon, I'm not saying that people should be, but they're really easy to tool. In other words, you can set up quite a bit of accounts and start stumbling stuff, and you can get you know, on the buzz.stumbleUpon.com page or the StumbleUpon popular page and get tons of visitors. And if eBay acquires them, I don't think things will move quicker. I think they'll even move slower, which means that there's a really good chance that you can still keep on using StumbleUpon to get lots of traffic without them really catching on and trying to tie up the ropes and make it a lot harder for people to actually, I want to say tool the system, but, yeah, pretty much drive tons of traffic from them. So,
3: Well, they've already been making moves to try and make it tougher. Like um, Joe White pinged me yesterday and told me how they removed the audience feature. And I, he wrote about it on his blog. I wrote about it on Pronats. But the audience feature was basically uh, a number that would tell you how, how many people would uh, see, like, your favorite pages, the pages that you stumble upon. So they removed that, which is definitely uh, like a preventive move to, you know, keep people from trying to spam or game the system or whatever. And then, you know, like a month or so, a month or so ago, they also removed that the little number down at the bottom, or not the number, but the activity level that would tell you the, you know, the activity for each each stumble. Yep, but
2: and, and just and just for you guys who don't who aren't familiar with the audience number, what it pretty much is is. It's a number that stumbled upon gives each account and it shows it's like from I don't know zero or one to whatever it can go into the thousands. And usually the higher your audience number, the more powerful your account is. So it was kinda like the dig top users list. Whoever had the highest audience number, their account was really powerful because if they submitted something or stumbled something, more people are gonna see it, thus causing other people to stumble it and making that story more popular. Uh-huh. So Shisha, what's uh, What's the latest in the social media space or any other news? Or,
4: um, Boy, your story really kind of scooped anything that I was thinking about talking about. Um, have you guys done a wrap-up of last week yet?
3: Um, no, we have not at all.
4: Did you want to talk about anything exciting or special that might have happened at SES New York since we were all there?
3: Um, yeah, definitely. Um, actually, but before you came on the show, we were telling everybody that you were going to give your uh, little intro again, just for those who didn't last didn't listen last week, and hear you say a little something about yourself. So if you want to do that real quick, and then we can go and do talking about stuff at like SES and do the whole recap.
4: Oh, there's not much to say about myself. I'm just...
3: Oh, te-showing. come on.
4: No, there's nothing to say. It's <laughs> People read my blog. They know who I am. It's no big deal.
3: Yeah, you're
4: always in the chat room too, right? I'm constantly in the chat room. I'm always, always there. So I'm idle a lot, but generally if somebody pokes me or sends a, a private message, I'll wake up and respond. I just kind of watch. I don't always talk actively. Right. But we're in there right now, too. If anyone wants to ask a question or say anything, I mean, please log into the chat room at webmasterradio.fm and say hi to us.
3: Yep. Yeah, definitely. So anyways, uh, let's let's talk about SES. Uh, we did the live show. That was <laughs> That was a pretty interesting experience. <laughs>
4: That was um that was a little that was kind of tough cuz we only had the two microphones and we had four people there and we were trying to pass it around. So I thought considering that it was it was a little awkward, we did pretty well.
3: Yeah, exactly. I agree. What did so, you think um, of the show overall? Me? Yeah.
4: <laughs> I liked it. It was a good time. I mean, I'd never been to New York for more than like 16 hours before. So, um it was I thought it was in a great location, and the sessions that I did attend were really informative and well-attended. The speakers were all great. Um, It was a good show. I mean, it was different than Chicago uh, just in terms of size and the type of people that were attending, Um, but I had a real good time, and I enjoyed it. I know um, Neil Neil was talking, and I sat in on one of his sessions. What did you think about it, Neil? Uh,
2: It it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed the show. It was a bit tiring. I had to speak on three sessions, I believe, in a row, so I was kind of goofed or tired. But it was fun overall. The parties were great. I actually learned quite a bit. I personally don't go to really any of the sessions, but I actually learned quite a bit from just talking to people at the bars and stuff like that. And I learned a little bit more about affiliate stuff and arbitrage. So that was always great, and I was happy about that.
4: You did three back-to-back sessions? Seriously?
2: Yeah, three back to back. I think it started off with social media optimization, then the second one was bookmarking strategies, and then the other the last one was Wikipedia and SEO. So,
4: which I, one I of his did you the, go to, C-Shaw? I caught the wiki one that okay. Neil was doing, um, and that I liked that session. That was I ended up having to sit in the back of the room um, and watch everything on a monitor because it was so crowded. But um, that's great that you did three in a row like that. That's like a hat trick. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just, that's, that's a marathon session, so you should be applauded for that. Seriously, though, the, I learned so much just networking after hours. Um, and I think a lot of us get to the point where, you know, you've been to so many shows and you kind of, there's a, there's a point of diminishing returns from attending the sessions. Every now and then you find, you catch something that's really interesting and new and of value. But for the most part, where you really learn the most is, is just networking with everyone in the hotel bar afterwards.
3: Yeah, I agree with that completely. I think the I think the value in those conferences is definitely in the after hours of the of the show. You know, I've seen uh, I've seen a lot of the sessions in the past and then it's kind of like once you've seen it, you've kind of seen it all because there's not really any new material that they come up with each of the shows like the speakers and things. So the the value is definitely like in the networking and going to the parties and hanging out in the bar and getting to know new people and just kind of talking shop.
4: Well, okay, I, I will have to argue that there is some value in going to the sessions. So. We don't want people to think that, you know, oh, you know, just don't go to any of the sessions at all. You, you get, it's less of an overwhelming, oh, my God, this is so much great, great new information once you've hit a couple of them. But there, there is new information that gets put into these these presentations at every show, and it is actually a good idea to, you know, try to hit some of the sessions and not just go and drink and party all the time. So, Actually, you know what? We should probably take a commercial break and pay some bills right now. So, uh, Eddie, you want to take us to a commercial?
0: Rush
1: Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on! Boys and you girls too. I'm here to talk to you about Mimnik Media, the best CPA network, period. They sure know how to deliver, and I know something about deliverance. Now, you want to get paid. Damn right you do. We'll make sure you get your money. <laughs> new Media's got support people who know their ass from their elbow. Need a new jet ski? How about one of them newfangled plasma TVs? Well, Cousin Jeremy here will hook you up with our performance rewards program. Email sub-bits, zip sub-bits, ringtones. Hell, we got them all. Yeah! Hey there, it's Cousin Jeremy. Get on over to M-I-L-L-N-I-C-Media.com, and we'll have you so happy, you'll be squealing like a pig.
2: Everywhere they search is smart business. However, reaching them through web and mobile search as well as free directory assistance with effective pay-per-call advertising is... Well, Ingenious.
4: Ingenio Paper Call delivers highly targeted phone call leads to businesses looking for new customers. And the advertising business only pays for new customer lead. Call
2: one 800 705 632 today to ask about your free trial or go to Ingenio.com slash web radio. That's Ingenio.com
0: slash web radio. Ingenio. Simply Ingenious
2: two million dollars, four billion dollars, six million dollars. Then just
1: kicking ass with domain name. Monty 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 Monte Monty 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 Monte Money Monty, Monty. Monty And uh what what's uh what's been your highest domain name sale? How much money was it for? It was approximately hundred and forty four thousand dollars about hundred and fifty dollars That's right. Okay, great. You have had eBay buy rent.com and shopping.com for a combined $1.4 billion. Monty, 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 Monty. Monty. Monty, 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 Monty. He, he, he the master of your domain. Monty. Literally probably 90 days after buying it uh, for $80,000, Interbrew bought it for $7 million. We appraised the property and helped get it sold for $3.4 It was the
3: most valuable asset that they had, $6 million. Or $10 million on a domain name When we sold autos.com for $2.2 million People thought it was nuts too
1: <laughs> Domain Masters Only on Webmaster Radio Be the master of your domain
4: Want a hot pod? Load it with webmasterradio.fm And play with us All day long
0: Webmasterradio.fm We're everywhere
1: Just reach your final destination, Rush Hour, Rush Hour. on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, now, back to your Rush Hour host, Neil and Cameron.
4: Okay, and I guess we're back right now. Um, I had one question about SES New York that I wanted to ask Cameron. When mm-hmm. <laughs> when you asked the security guards at the Hilton if they'd heard of YouTube, because you know, they're going to be on it, did you ever actually YouTube a video of that?
3: Um, I don't have the video of it. Do you, did you ever meet Patrick Price, the the guy from Switzerland? He was the one that had the video camera filming it?
4: No, he's I didn't actually, meet him.
3: Anyways, he's the one that had the video camera and he was filming. He's, uh, right now, uh, last I talked to him, he's actually, like, cutting up the video, editing it, and then he's going to put it up on YouTube.
4: <laughs> That's awesome. So. We'll have to sh- make sure that we share a URL with everyone when that goes up, because that was really funny. Um, for those of you who don't know what happened, I guess, everyone came back to the Hilton Lounge, right? And Dax picked the lock on the piano and was playing it, and then the security guards came over and tried to kick you guys out.
3: Yep, that's that- exactly right. <laughs> that's
4: pretty much it in a nutshell.
3: <laughs> and, and, when then, uh, and then Gre- it was funny, because uh, Greg Bozer and one of the security guards started, like, lipping off to each other, and... You know, it was great. I mean, the security guard yeah, or the hotel manager or whoever it was that came over, I mean, he was he was a little bit rude. You know, I mean, we had a point where we were all just down there hanging out. We weren't bothering anybody. There was nobody else around. You know, we were all paying thousands of dollars to be there that week. And, you know, I think they, I definitely think they acted inappropriately. I'm not going to say that everybody on our end was perfect because, you know, I mean, there were definitely guys like from our side like giving lip and stuff too. So it kind of went both ways. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a, a funny video once it gets up, and I, I mean, there's it's probably going to it's probably going to catch on and, and be very very viral just because of the the influencers that were there at the time. I mean, every single one of those people I can imagine are going to post that video on their blog and blog about it and help spread it. So I think it's going to you know maybe be a little bit of a reputation hit for for the Hilton. I'm not sure. What do you think? Let me take a guess. You guys were all drunk, and this was like 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right.
4: <laughs> I don't know if it was quite that late, but yeah, from what I hear, there there might have been a little imbibing going on before that happened.
3: Yeah, and I so. mean, Dax was definitely in the wrong by picking the piano, you know. Again, I'm not going to say, like, like, we never did anything wrong, because, I mean, they definitely did have a reason to come over and talk to us, but I just think they went about. I think they went about it the wrong way. And then once people started living off, it just kind of got out of hand. So, it
4: was well, in his defense, it's not like he was playing chopsticks. He plays very well, and he wasn't damaging the the equipment. So, given how much money, a were the customers, b there's a lot of money, you know, exchanging hands, and they should be a little bit more, I don't know, solicitous of making sure that everyone who's there for the conference has a good time. But, yeah, I, I don't know if it's just because it's New York or what, but once people start getting snotty with each other, it all goes downhill pretty quickly. But at least <laughs> you get caught on video, so that should be fun.
3: Oh, yeah, it'll be great.
4: <laughs> so, hey, I have a question. I heard YouTube is going to be offering a 50-50 revenue split with the users starting next week. Have you guys heard about that?
3: Um, yeah, about actually. That. Go ahead, Neil. I don't want to talk over you, so go for it. <laughs> no problem, dude.
2: Um, so, yeah, I actually have heard on that... Um, I believe is on Mashable today and it's quite interesting because if people are going to end up getting half the money. I don't think people have a problem with ads and stuff like that and it's a great way to make extra income and you can do some funny stuff with YouTube or even Google videos or any of those types of sites. Because they're so popular, you can actually get text links into those you know, URLs like the YouTube URLs and by doing that they can get ranked really high in the search engines thus causing them to get lots of uh, plays. So
3: as far as, as far as like the revenue split and things go, I think it's just na- it's kind of just a natural evolution for the social media space. I mean, all the stuff on YouTube pretty much is user-generated content, so it only makes sense that if YouTube's making money, that the people that are, you know, actually the ones producing the content and putting up there should be able to get a share of that content as well. I mean, there's already a number of social media sites out there that do that. There's a couple of video ones like Rever. And then I think uh, Newsvine does that as well. I believe um Squidoo does it, um any others, I'm not I'm not sure. But yeah, I just think it's like the natural evolution for social media, you know, if it's if people, the audience, the users are the ones putting up the content, there's no reason why they shouldn't be compensated in one way or another.
4: Well, here's a question. Is it possible that this wasn't just that this move is meant to, um, I don't know, create more of a bond with the users and make the users more emotionally attached to YouTube in general so that when the other big players decide to come after them, and we know that they are, that there's this huge groundswell of support for them and the people, you know, rush to their defense and stick up for them. And it's not just something where, you know, Viacom or Fox or whoever can come in and squish them and people will just move on to the next thing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, obviously, if people have a vested interest, they're going to, you know, take a lot more, like, pride and ownership of the site. So when people do come after them, I do think that they're, like you said, they're going to, you know, stick up for them and take take YouTube's side just because they, you know, there's that sense of ownership and they do have the vested interest. So it's going to, you know, it's going to be in their best interest to help defend YouTube, I believe. I mean, if my numbers aren't,
2: I could be inaccurate, but from my understanding, YouTube is the most popular video site, and then it was Google Videos. Um, which Google owns now. So, if by them sharing ad revenue, that's actually going to be great because it's like, where are people going to go? They're happy with YouTube, and now I don't think they'll really care to use the competitors as much. So, it does create a lot of loyalty, like you were saying.
3: Yeah, and there's people that, like the people that are already using Rever and things like that for this. I mean, Rever has been doing the, the revenue split for a while, and there's actually several people that have made quite a, quite a lot of money actually putting videos on there. Like, I think I heard that the guys that did the, uh, what was it, the Mentos and Diet Cokes, I believe that they made like $50,000 or even more than that with with the actual videos. So, you, you know, I mean, it's, <clears throat> and I also think it's going to help with the participation level as well. I mean, if people realize that they can start making money off of YouTube, they're probably going to be producing a lot more content and putting it up there. There's probably going to be a lot more people that are trying to like do, I guess, like little mini TV series, kind of like similar to, similar to uh, what was her name, Lonely Girl Fifteen. There's, I think, there's going to be a lot more, a lot more of that if once people realize that they can actually make money doing it.
2: Yeah, money's going to change people, and uh, <laughs> even I'm going to start doing it. So I'm going to end up starting pop-up videos, get some text links, send them to the video, get them ranked. All these organic terms, and boom, let it get tons of page views, and hopefully, it makes good money. So,
3: yeah, I mean, I think it, I think you have to have like definitely like natural like viral content. I think there's probably like I think in the post it said somewhere where there's also gonna be the where the people have to claim their own content or something like that because i think that was in another another announcement that youtube made this week is that that's like one thing they're trying to help with like the copyright issues is for is to allow people to like claim the content and things like that so i'm sure there will be people like trying to put up content that's not theirs and monetize it but overall i think they're i think youtube will be able to prevent that you know i mean especially with google they've got to have enough enough you know enough of an army a tech army there that they should be able to put up things where they can prevent that, and, you know, the whole claim your content thing, I think that's another step in the right direction for them.
4: Yeah. that seems like it's going to create a whole lot of work for them to police who's putting up content and trying to monetize it and making sure that it, you know, is actually theirs to put up.
3: Yeah, it definitely is, but I think they have to do that anyway just because of all, like, the copyright issues that they've been facing and the lawsuits and things like that. So, you know, where they have to do that anyway, they might as well just kind of make it a whole part of the revenue model as well.
4: That's true. I wonder, well, I don't know. I, 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 like, I like going to YouTube, and I know that a lot of the stuff that I see on it is copyrighted material that I really kind of shouldn't be seeing because it was put up somewhat you know, unethically. But I would hope that, I guess for purely selfish reasons, that that stuff doesn't completely go away with the crackdown and, and with the, the monetization efforts. Because I know once money starts changing hands, it's a lot easier for other companies that are, are you know that have their rights violated to prove damages because that is the definition of a, of damage is that there was a loss of revenue and you can prove it. So, and well, this is that, interesting. I, I'm excited for the users, but I really hope it kind of doesn't change the whole feel of the of the space.
3: Um, I don't think it. All, I don't think it will at all. I actually think like a lot of those videos that you're talking about, where you know you feel a little bad because there's copyright issues or whatever, and it's like maybe like from a studio or whatever, I mean, those guys are going to start getting the, they can get the red split too. So it's going to, you know, that's going to make sense for them to start, you know, being more open with putting up their content if they actually are benefiting from it, whereas before they weren't getting a nickel from it. So, you know, I think it makes sense. And I also think that a lot of the studios are actually, have kind of realized that actually having their content on YouTube is a good thing and not necessarily a bad thing. I think the only company that's really pursuing the, uh, the whole copyright issue right now is Viacom with that big lawsuit that they announced like a month ago or whatever.
4: Well, and I guess Google is looking at the Viacom lawsuit purely as a negotiating tactic anyway. I don't really think they're taking it seriously.
3: Oh, yeah. I definitely wouldn't think that they were.
4: Well, cool. You know what? Um, why don't we pay some bills right now, and then when we come back, we'll talk about some other stuff.
1: Rush Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. (laughs) He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? Clicksor.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from ClickSore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on clicksor.com today. That's click clicksor.com. Your bottom line will thank you. Clicksor.com delivers where it matters for you. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. VR Web.
0: Come on. Come on. Got some good karma. It's good marijuana. Come share with me, yeah. Carly Herbman mixed with the sound system.
1: I got to get your input on this one because you are a man of the world. It's no, no, here, I'm, I'm in trouble now. I just feel it coming. This is bad. I go to the funeral home yeah. um, for the wake and you know, after a few minutes, I walk to the front of the room to give my condolences to the family. As I'm walking up there, a old high school friend that I took to uh, some dance in high school, I forget what, gives me the nastiest look and says, "Hi, rank. And is completely upset with me. What'd you do? It it turns out she had been giving me the evil eye the entire time, and I guess she thought I had seen her. But I did not see her. So what's the etiquette at a funeral home when you piss someone off? (laughs) Got (laughs) some good karma It's good marijuana Good karma. Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
0: Sink <laughs> your teeth into 100% original programming. WebmasterRadio.fm, and try our daily search cast. It's made fresh every day. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.
1: Slam on your. Just reach your final destination, Rush Hour, Rush Hour. on Webmaster Radio.fm. Now, now, back to your Rush Hour host,
4: Neil and
0: Cameron. Hey, everybody, we're back.
4: I had a question. I was I remember Neil was on the Delicious panel at SES, and I was wondering, did you come out of that with any new tips on leveraging Delicious? I just added the tags to um, one of my sites, and I'm really excited about it, and I was wondering, actually I was hoping, you had some tips and advice on how I can better be taking advantage of that.
3: Uh, well, let's get to that in a second. I actually had a comment from that, that panel because that was the that was the one session of Neil's that I actually sat in on and uh, I guess like the issue I had with listening to the Q and A was uh, Michael, was it Michael Gray? Gray Wolf was on the panel, and he several times during the uh, during his presentation as well as the Q and A, he had mentioned things like like uh, tracking what your, uh, what your competitors are doing, and if you see them getting on big a lot to start beating them to the punch, submitting their stories before them, writing bad t- title tags and things like that so they don't make the so they don't make the homepage. So there's a couple of issues that I had with that the first is, you know, I mean that's that's obviously completely unethical and it's one thing for him to want to do that and for him to do that, but I don't think it's right to do, to get up there in a public forum like that where you're perceived as an expert and be telling people to do things like that. And I guess the second issue that I have with it is it kind of goes hand in hand with it is that, you know, social media marketing is kind of a new thing. And we're actually trying to, like, fight off the whole, like, kind of the spammy, you know, spammy reputation that a lot of people are giving to us. It. So it's like that definitely does not, like, help us with our cause or reflect good on us when you're up there in front of an audience of a 1,000 people and telling them, you know, all these all these ways that they can, you know bash their competitors or hurt their competitors or spam the sites and things like that. So that's kind of was my issue with the uh, whole session that I sat in on Neil's. And, you know, I mean, Neil, you were up there on the panel, so maybe you have some more commentary on, on that stuff.
2: Yeah, it, it's... Um, I'm hoping that uh, Will Powell or you know, Michael was joking, and I think he was to some extent. Um, I do agree that you should be tracking your competition so you actually know what they're doing and why they're getting on these social sites so you can you replicate the effects, and yeah, some people may go the route of smearing their competitor stuff with a crappy title or whatnot, so it doesn't do well. You know, you could do that. You don't have to do that. I'm not a big fan of that, and I don't do it personally. My whole thing is, I do agree that with what he was saying on when it comes to just tracking what your competitors are doing. So to that extent, I do go that far and just track whatever my competitors are doing, because um, the thing is, it's like if you find what they're doing and how they're getting on these social sites... Hopefully you can replicate that effect for your own site and start getting on these social sites.
3: Right, yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, I totally agree with, like, watching your competitors, tracking them, seeing what they're doing, and not just with the social, with, with, like, dig. I think with anything on, like, social media, seeing what other bloggers are saying about them, things like that, you know, like you said, I mean, there's a number of benefits that one is you can kind of, you know take a take a chapter out of the book, l- learn what they're doing and somewhat replicate that and hopefully, you know, get some of your own success out of it. But I just don't, uh, you know, I just don't like the fact that he's like deliberately trying to harm his competitors. And again, it's one thing if he wants to do that, but I just, I guess the big problem I had with it, that he was up there, you know, in an audience in front of a thousand people and, you know, telling everybody to do it.
4: Well, is that, Realistically, though, is that much different than trying to dominate all of the all of the real estate in the in the SERPs just because you don't want your competitors to be there at all. I mean, I understand you want to make your site the best you can, but there's you know, people do take steps to make sure that they're dominating as much of the the real estate as they possibly can, and I think what he was suggesting is sort of I don't know, maybe, maybe it is a little bit. On the the, the blacker shade of gray, and not quite completely, you know, just treading the line of unethical. I, I see what well, you're saying, though. About you shouldn't be you shouldn't be telling, especially like newbies, to do that because they they might not really realize how how bad and not nice it is.
3: Right, and I see what you're saying, but I think I think here's the difference. It's one thing to try and like dominate like your keywords or things like that on the search on the like the search engine results and the the same thing can go for social media you know you can try and dominate the social sites but I guess where it comes in is deliberately like going out of your way to try and like negatively affect your competitor so it would be like in my opinion you could relate that to search engine marketing where maybe you would do things that could actually harm your competitors rankings it's one thing to like try and dominate and maybe get above them knock them out or one thing but it's a complete another to to try and harm them you know it would be like if you could hack into their site and put, like, put hidden text and then report them to Google or something like that, where you would actually be negatively affecting them.
4: Yeah, I think that is kind of actively wrong. I That's a good point, you know, and I actually I kind of wish I would have heard that because that's, I definitely think in that in that context, you know, getting up there in a panel and, and advocating that is uh, questionable.
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
2: As many of you guys know, I probably walked the line just, as well as willpower very close to where he's walking. And to even some extent, even I advocate certain things like that that could be considered very unethical, not necessarily submitting your content or your uh, competitor's content, but I always talk about, especially with my speeches, on how you can pretty much tool the systems or leverage them, such as Dig and stumble upon and all the open doors to it. So
3: there's a very fine line well, with a lot of this stuff. Well, you know, I mean, I, I can see what you're saying, but I, I still think that there's a big difference between, like, be, like trying to, like, spam things or game the sites or whatever and get your content up there, and I think it's a complete other thing to deliberately be trying to harm your competitors. Yeah, I totally agree. I, where you, it's to like do. where you walk the line and, and you know, maybe shade the gray, you as far, at least as far as I know, you don't go out of your way to deliberately make sure that your competitors aren't getting on these pages by, you know, submitting their stories before they do and purposely putting bad titles and things like that so they can't get so they can't get on the home page or the popular page or things like that.
2: Yeah, exactly, because that's not my style, because my whole problem with that is if you end up going to do that, what ends up going around comes around. So it usually
3: just doesn't yeah. work if you do that. Yeah, and I mean, it, a lot of it would be like the same as if you, like, had like a, very brigade that every time you see one of your competitor's sites, you just have 10 of your friends bury the story, you know? I mean, that's just, you know, that's, I don't know. I just don't agree with that kind of stuff. So that was just kind of my oh. whole little rant on the session. But we can Thanks get to back to other's original question about, like, what kind of what kind of uh, beneficial stuff was up there. You were, uh, like, the Q&A part, Neil. So what did you think of, it was uh, Lee Odin and Todd Malakot were the other ones besides Wolf, right? And
2: one thing that I actually learned from that session, and I'm not a big delicious user compared to like Dig or any of the other social sites, and I will probably be a power Dig or a delicious user within 30 days, you can actually go in there and add all of the delicious users that you see as your friend. And by doing that, you can actually see what they submit from my understanding or what I heard on the panel. And they can actually see who's friended them, and they can choose to reciprocate the effect or not reciprocate the effect. So one thing that I learned is you go out there, and this is what I'm probably going to end up doing, and literally friend, let's say, 10, 20,000 people on Delicious, and hopefully a good portion of them will friend you back. And the overall goal is to friend people with similar interests and people that you feel would actually vote on your stories. So then that way, when you bookmark something, there's a good chance that someone else is going to see it, and they're all going to start bookmarking it, and you can get to the popular page.
3: Right, I think a couple of the takeaways that I got from the session, I mean, I had already, like, known a lot of the information, but a couple of, like, the main take takeaways that I think I got as well as the audience got from the whole session was that, one, it's nice to have a, a personal network of people that you can, like, instant message or things like that when you push one of these stories onto the social media sites to help give it a little kickstart. You know, I mean, if you have five people that bookmark something on Delicious right away, I mean, that's obviously going to going to help you get to the popular page a lot faster and just kinda like it goes along with like the whole dig thing, you know. I mean if in the first hour if you can get, you know, ten or fifteen digs, I mean that definitely gives you a very nice kick start whereas the difference is like in the first hour if you only get one or two, I mean you're basically just buried into oblivion and have no chance. So that was like yeah, one of the takeaways that I mind got. Is.
2: If you look at the whole Webmaster Radio, you know this podcast is done by Webmaster Radio. For you, those of you who are not familiar with Webmaster Radio, so they have a chat room, and one thing that people could do is they can go into the Webmaster Radio chat room when they submit something that's worthy, and they feel that could actually make, let's say, a homepage of Delicious. I mean, yeah, the home or the hot list of Delicious, or the popular page, or the homepage of Dig, and send it throughout there and tell people about it. And I think you can actually get quite a bit of votes from that. Thus, increasing your chance of getting a lot of traffic.
3: Right, and one of the, the things that the they, a couple of the presenters really kind of some of the points that they drilled in that went along with this whole thing is that it's important that you don't like abuse your friend network and that you're always like reciprocating. So it's like you know if I'm sending you you stuff on Delicious, then you should send me stuff right back, and it kind of you know kind of goes you know what goes around comes around type thing. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours.
4: I just wanted to throw in real quick that posting, if you, if you want to get some dig love or some delicious love, posting your, your links in the chat room and just asking people to vote for you is a great way to, to get some extra votes because they're a good crowd, they're friendly, they love helping people out. I mean, don't abuse it, but it's definitely, you know, I, I think that's a great idea, and I know I, I participate in it a lot. You know, people post stuff, and I go and I dig it. So, um, I actually, I think right now we're going to pay some more bills. So I will talk to you guys in a few seconds, all right? Cool.
1: Rush Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on.
0: Use the right affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. Joebucks.com.
1: Have you heard that content is king? Yeah. What's that mean? I don't even have a clue. Hmm. Wonder if that's important. Important? <laughs> search engine optimized web content is essential. Essential for maximizing page rank. Essential for increasing sales. GetWebContent.com is the internet's foremost provider of custom written search engine optimized copy. GetWebContent.com is easy to access and ultra cost effective. Right now, copy is indeed king. And GetWebContent.com is the king of copy. Check it out today. Yes, oh START YOUR ENGINE! Okay, well how do I get my engine started? <laughs> Is your online marketing being left at the starting gate? Don't have enough information to stay ahead of your competitors? Then visit engineready.com and get a free trial of our affordable enterprise class web analytics. With EngineReady, you can accurately track revenues from all online marketing campaigns. Search engines, banner ads, email, and more. Engine Ready Strategic Marketing Software. See why companies of all sizes achieve exceptional online results with Engine Ready, the professional standard in search marketing. Oh, maybe I should just get out and push.
0: Welcome to the Daily Searchcast.
1: And oh my goodness, now you can have Google Talk embedded in your Google personalized homepage to be part of your Google personalized life. So you can go there and you can just chat on your homepage. Just remember, folks, you know you put that on the homepage and you don't log out. You know I never log out of things. Do you log out of things, so suddenly all your contacts are sitting there when somebody goes to use Google on your computer, and then i going, oh, well, let's just start sending messages to people.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. It, hi.
1: It's Danny, I've always liked you. Exactly. <laughs> I've always liked you. But I really like you, Barry. But uh, uh, I, uh, I really like you.
0: fired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Daily Search Cast with Danny Sullivan. Monday through Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific. And if you missed any of this week's shows, check out the Daily Searchcast Week in Review. Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
0: Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement, WebmasterRadio.fm. It's like radio with a Ph.D. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Slam on.
1: Just reach your final destination, Rush Hour, Rush Hour on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, now, back to your Rush Hour host Neil and Cameron.
4: Alrighty, we're back again. I wanted to go back to what we were talking about before the break. I, I understand why you feel it was bad that Gray Wolf was talking, was encouraging people to do what you felt were were unethical or questionable things in terms of preventing uh, people preventing other legitimate companies from getting their things into the into like dig or whatever by scooping them and deliberately writing bad tags. Is it is there a possible upside to this though, in that he brought some awareness to a tactic that maybe people hadn't really thought about? Is it is it is there a good side or a sunny side that there is some awareness now people can be people should be aware of what the bad people are doing so that they can watch for it and take, take measures to either proactively prevent it or at least be prepared with a plan in case it happens and they can react to it in a timely fashion. So, I mean, is it totally bad that it got brought up or, you know, can we at least spin this in a, in a, in a good way?
3: Um, I think you have a good point, but I think, again, I think it's the way that he brought it up. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah, he did, he definitely brought awareness to the issue. And I think he opened up some people's eyes to what act can actually happen. But instead of, like, educating people, like, hey, this is what other people might be doing. This is how to prevent it. This is, you know, this is how to t- take stance with an issue like that. He was deliberately saying, like, he got up there and he was deliberately saying, okay, you know, find out what your competitors are doing. If you notice know when your competitors are getting a lot on big, start reading it. Start subscribing to their RSS feeds. And as soon as their story comes out, beat them to the scoop and write bad text." and make sure that they don't get on the page. And that was, like, he was, like, deliberately, like, making it a point to, like, tell people to do that. He, you know, it'd be, it would be one thing if he was bringing awareness and trying to educate people, but he just definitely went about it the wrong way, in my opinion.
4: Did you stand up and heckle? What, what's that? Did you stand up and heckle?
3: <laughs> no, I didn't. I probably should have, but, no, I, I didn't.
4: Well, see, you, sh- you should have said something right then.
3: One thing that I uh, actually get in a
2: positive fashion from doing this or actually hearing about the wolf howl thing is, you know, it's great, and I think it brings some light to everybody else in the room. Um, the way I see it as is there are people who are going to submit your stuff or your competitors are going to submit it before you, so you should go out there, and if you know you have something that's big-oriented, make sure you submit it first so your competitors don't submit it
3: beforehand. Yeah, but how can you make sure that they that they don't be to the point if they have, like, an RSS feed or something that's set up where they, you know, I mean, some people have it where their RSS is the, the second that something is added that it they're, like, even alerted through their instant messenger. But if you're the site writing the content,
2: you know when it's going to come out and you can get it submitted even before you hit the publish button because all you have to do is figure out a title and description and then hit the publish button, grab the URL, and go to the dig submit page and just start submitting.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess you have a point.
4: Well, and um. but you have to be aware of it to know that you need to do it. So, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of awareness that needs to happen at especially larger companies and companies that are really new to this this type of marketing. Um, so, all in all, I mean, I think it's good that it got mentioned. I think it's good that these kinds of tactics are are being brought to light so that people do know and can make plans appropriately. So. Um, you know what, we're getting kinda of close to the end of the show. Is there anything else you guys wanted to throw in about SES or anything that happened this week or things that you see happening next week before we have to wrap?
3: Um, no, nothing nothing coming from me. I think we I think I got everything off my chest that I wanted to. I you know, I had a good enough rant, so how about you, Neil? Anything anything left that you want to say or we're gonna be in ad on?
2: tech next week,
3: so uh if anybody is I mean, down there. We should be
2: down there, and I believe Webmaster Radio is also going to be down there. They're probably not going to have a booth, but they are going to be
3: down there. So, Are we doing a live and show from there, do you know, or what's what's happening with the show next week?
2: Um, no, it's on the phone because they don't have a booth from my understanding. Oh, so. uh,
3: okay. show as normal. Cool.
4: And this is AdTech is in San Francisco, yes?
3: Yep, it's in San Francisco.
4: Oh. cool. Okay, well... Um, I got the the little warning, so I guess we're going to start wrapping it up. Um, have a good time at, in San Francisco. Try to try to make sure we don't get any more of those pictures, Neil, because that was really disturbing, and I can live without them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't want to go.
2: <laughs> I agree with that. So,
4: well, behave, and I will talk to you guys next week. Take care. Okay. <laughs> bye bye.